0: So in a in a world of a lot of selfishness, here's a story of selflessness and a bit of kindness. A um a feature of every Jewish community is what's called a gemach. Gemach stands for gemilut chasadim, which means acts of kindness, but specifically what it means is a a fund to give free loans to people to help them out when they're in difficulty within the community. And the concept of gemach started off as free loans of money, but it's expanded to also include lending or giving out objects, property, things that people need. So, for example, many communities will have a gemach of wedding dresses that somebody can come and borrow a wedding dress instead of having to pay a fortune for one. Those who are needy can borrow a wedding dress for their wedding and uh, give it back later for free. It doesn't cost anything. And uh, m- there's many communities that have such gemach offerings. Then there's an extension of that, and that that is more than a gach, but like a shop, a clothing shop, a community clothing shop where you don't have to pay, where people donate their old clothing, and poor and needy people will come and choose things that they need and just take them for free, absolutely for free. Such a thing is featured in many, many Jewish communities around the world. In fact, even here in Sydney, we do have such a thing. Run, run by the great Dvorah Markowitz, where, where needy families can walk in to, to her garage and, she, and she's got clothes there that people have donated. Good condition, but used clothing. And people can just choose what they'd like. So it happened in such a, in such a place where, where a, a poor man came in because he needed a, a coat, a winter coat. It, 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 was, it, was, it was cold outside and he did not, not own a coat. And this particular gemach was very well organized. You had shelves uh, based on you know, men's clothes, women's clothes, adults and children, different sizes. And there was a rack of winter coats. And he goes and has a look and he tries a couple on. And one of them fits beautifully, a nice warm winter coat to keep him through the winter. And so he says to the gemach people, I'd like to take this one. They said, you're welcome to take it. It's all yours. Uh, uh, and of course, no, no cost. As he's walking out, he's wearing his coat. He's very excited. He puts his hands in the pocket and he feels something in the pocket and he pulls out a gold watch a, a serious watch this is like a $10,000 watch that he finds in the pocket anyway he goes he goes back into to the to the people running the gamat and says oh, look i i found this in the pocket um you know the, the, the in the in the coat so i said oh that's a nice watch yeah. um Let's see, can we work out who donated this coat to us? Obviously, they left this watch. The problem is this place has hundreds of people who donate and they have no record. They don't write down exactly which coat came from which person. And they realize that there could be one of, of 100 people who gave this coat and they have absolutely no way of tracking who g- donated the coat and therefore whose watch is it. The watch itself is a beautiful watch, but doesn't have any engravings, any names, any identifying features on it. So therefore... There is no way they're gonna be able to find who this watch belongs to. So what happens? Well, the people and the Gemach say, Well, you chose the coat, so therefore you keep the watch. It's it it, com- it comes with, with the coat. It it's it became your coat. We gave it to you, so the watch came with it, it's yours. The oh. guy says, No, 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 I insist. It should go to you. You should keep the watch, it's your it's your gemach, it's your place. You should you should hold it and it should, it should go to, to, to you. And arguing back and forth, who should keep the watch? The Gemach, this organization that is giving out the, the um, clothing? Or should it go to the lucky man who donated this coat and he found it in his pocket? Who should keep this watch? So, any opinions? Yeah, I think that the um, I, I think the guy that found the watch to keep it, if the gamut doesn't, if the doesn't, it's his birthday. secondly, you, you can't identify the owner, and that was uh, divine providence. Agreed. Okay. Okay, and he's insisting that no, it was your coat that you gave me. But I took the coat. Not, not, you didn't give me a watch. The watch remains yours. And, and you should use it for your gemach, Use it for the community. That's what he's insisting. So here we've got two, two, two parties being altruistic and giving. We're going to analyze who does the watch belong to. Of course, you can do with it what you want. You can donate it to whoever you want. But who does this watch belong to now? It no longer belongs to its original owner because that person lost it at whatever stage has given up on finding it, has no way of, of, of being tracked, so we can't go back to the original owner. That, that, that's been lost. The question is, did the watch become the gemach, this this, uh, this uh, free free uh, clothing store? D- does it belong to them? Or does it belong to the recipient of the jacket, of the coat? So we have a good precedent for this in the Talmud. The Talmud in tractate Bava talks about a person who is renting a, a house and they find inside one of the walls of the house a hidden treasure they find treasure in the house so the Talmud assesses who does this treasure belong to he's renting the house but he found the treasure so who does it who who does it go to says the Mishnah in Bava Metziah that that money goes to the finder The, the 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 person renting the house who finds it he can keep this treasure why because if the owner of the house says hey that's my treasure the renter can say to him, what do you mean it's your treasure? This treasure comes from the Emirates. This was talking in the land of Israel. And before the, 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 the children of Israel conquered the land, the Emirates lived there. And this treasure comes from them and they don't exist anymore. It's not your treasure. It's my treasure, says the renter, because I found a lost treasure. So the Talmud says, well, one second. How, how can he say that this treasure comes from the Emirates? Maybe it came from the, the, the house owner. Maybe he put it there. And the Talmud answers because if you can see the treasure is so rusty that it's been there for generations, it's, 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 it wasn't just put there recently. If it was put there recently, so then the ho- ho- homeowner can ar- argue it's mine. But if it's been there for generations, who knows where it's from? So then the, the renter can say this, this is from the previous uh, uh, inhabitants of the land. They're not around anymore. They don't exist anymore. So therefore, it's, it's a lost object. I found it. And so therefore, I keep it. So says the the Talmud. One of the great commentaries on the Talmud, the Toysvahs, questions this and says, hang on a minute. How can we say that that money, that treasure was ownerless until it was found by the renter? It was in the wall of the house. The house is the property of the owner of the house. He he owns the house. And there is a principle in Jewish law that your property is an extension of your hand. Just like if you found something in your hand, it's yours. If something was found in your property, it's yours. It's in your property. So therefore, it's what's called a kinyan chatzar in, in halacha, which means that your property is an extension of your hand. It acquires on your behalf. So therefore, tr- hidden treasure that was found in somebody's wall should be his. It's his wall. The fact that the renter found it, but he found it in, in the wall of a house owner. His house is extension of his hand, it should go to the house owner. So the Tosphus asks, why does the Talmud, why does the Mishnah here say that the, that, that the treasure goes to the finder? Why doesn't it not automatically belong to the owner of the house? So Tosvus answers an interesting question and uh, answers this question interestingly and says that when do we say that your property is an extension of your hand? Only when something is found in it that was expected to be found. But something that actually was expected to stay there forever, that nobody ever would have found, the fact that the founder found it, he happened to find in his wall a treasure, that your property cannot, cannot acquire for you. Again, when do we say your property acquires on your behalf? For something that was likely to be found, but something that was most likely to never be found. And the fact that it was found was quite quite a, a, an a extraordinary circumstance, such as treasure hidden in a wall. People don't open up their walls normally. People don't smash down walls looking for treasure. So it was a freak that it was found. In such a case, your property does not acquire for you, says Tosphus. So let's just review. We've, we've said a few principles here. We've said that, some, that, that the, the renter who finds the treasure it's his. It does not go to the owner of the property because it it wasn't hidden by him. It came from from a previous owner who we don't know who it is, which looks like our case, our case of the coat. The guy who received the coat from from the, the, the from the free fund, and he found the gold watch in the in the pocket. The gold watch belongs to a previous owner who we cannot find. So the question is, did the watch belong to the shop owner, or did, does the did the watch that's now found only belong to the finder? The person who took the coat. So, according to this Mishnah, the person who finds a treasure in his rented property keeps it. Here as well, we should say the person who finds the watch in his pocket, he should keep it. And it is a quite it it could be argued that it is a quite a, a good parallel because why does it belong to why don't we say that the shop owner had this coat and the watch in his property? Doesn't his property acquire for him? any lost property, anything that, that, that's there? Why doesn't much get acquired to the, the, sh- the, the owner of the shop? Well, it's the same as the treasure in the wall, that it was unlikely to be found. It was, it was hidden in a, in a pocket. So it's, when it's sitting in his house, when it's sitting in, on the shelf, who's going to find it? It's not going to be found. Only when it was taken by the poor person, then it was found when it was outside the property, and therefore it belongs to the finder. That would be a fair argument if we can indeed say that it would not that, that watch was not likely to be found. Meaning, when these people receive coats donated to them to then give on to, to the poor and the needy, so they what do they do with a the coat? They get it, they brush it off, and they put it on, on the shelf. But is that true? Or if you were running such a place, would you be checking the pockets to make sure that there's nothing in the pockets? It could be that when you get stuff donated, people leave receipts in their pockets, people leave an old piece of chewing gum in there. They, they may normally go through the pockets to, to clear them out. If that would be the case, so then it would be expected that they would find what's in the pockets, unlike the treasure in the wall. And therefore, you could argue back that no, the poor guy shouldn't be keeping it. It should actually belong to the owners because it was something that was likely to be found, not something unlikely to be found. However, we could even argue better for this poor guy that he should own it. And that is because when do we say your property acquires for you? When do you say your property is an extension of your hand? When your property is an enclosed private space. So, for example, if, if something fell out of the sky, money fell out of the sky into my backyard, there's no way to know where that money came from. There's no identifying features. Money just fell into my backyard. So then it's mine, it's in my backyard, it's like I found it, even if I didn't pick it up. If you are visiting my house, and you see money fall into my backyard, you can't pick it up, you can't take it for yourself, it's my backyard, it's my private property, my backyard is an extension of my hand, it's like I found it. That's true of a house. However, a public space, even if it's privately owned, but a a space where the public is allowed to congregate, you can't say the same thing. So... If money flew into a shop and and, and into the window and fell in the shop, well, that shop is a public space. Anyone can walk around there so anyone can pick it up. The shop owner can't say it's mine because it fell into my property. Anyone can pick it up because anyone has a right to be there. It's an open space. It's a public space, even though it's privately owned. Therefore, here as well, with with our case of the watch that was found in the coat, because the property, the, the, the gemach, is a place where anyone can come in in order to, to shop for free and, to, and, and take, take what they need. So therefore, something found in that space is not automatically acquired by the shop owner. It is acquired by whoever finds it. And so therefore, here, we have a happy ending for our, our needy man. Not only did he come to get a coat to be warmed up in the winter by this beautiful organization that gives out... Uh, uh, clothing for the needy but God blessed him also with a nice beautiful gold watch worth $10,000 which was found by him and by every right he gets to keep it and so therefore in this unusual argument where each party is saying no you should have it so we if we'd be the judges we would say the rightful owner is the poor man who found it and he should be blessed to not be poor anymore